Hello, everyone. This is Tanya Meisenbach, better known as Burn Beauty 2018, and I welcome you to episode seven of Burn the Ambition. I am a grateful burn survivor and a recently graduated growth coach, a podcaster, a YouTuber, an Instagram influencer, and that is what I consider during the ambition because I actually don't believe that I had that much ambition prior to being burned. Something opened up in me after the burns and after recovery. So today what I'd like to do is um, tell a little bit of my story and then at the end of the broadcast, I'd like to open it up for um, questions, if you all have any. I have been wanting to do these live podcasts for the longest time so that I can better communicate with people who have questions for me. Because as you can imagine, there's, there's a lot of them and I want to answer them all. And I think that if I do this every week, maybe that's a good way to do it and also a good way to encourage others. Um, I would like to say that I just happened to notice that uh, my first video that I ever made was for my Facebook friends so that they could um, know where I'd been for two and a half years. I had disappeared and I'll talk about that more in a moment. I disappeared so I made a video and I recorded it on YouTube, of course, and then put it on Facebook. And I started getting these messages from people about how inspirational it was and how much it helped them. And that's how Burn Beauty was born because, you know, then I thought, well, let me show people how to put the put on a little bit of makeup that can help with, um, you know, for me, it wasn't about being ashamed of the scars, but they were just very uneven colored. And I wanted to blend in at the time. Now I don't. <laughs> but at the time, I wanted to blend in when I went out in public so people wouldn't stare. So I learned to put the makeup on. And um, it was just amazing what happened after. So I'll start with my story from the beginning. And again, at the end, I think you guys will be able to message me through Facebook um, if you'd like and, and ask questions. But um, so my burns happened on December 17th of 2018. And my husband and I were outside. It was a week before Christmas, obviously. My kids were both out of the house at the time. They had just moved out. And um, we were just having a good time. I had some very long hair like this. And, um, and you'll see why I mentioned that. But I had some very long hair. It was almost time for the holiday parties. I was a realtor. We're, we have a bottle of wine. It's a great time. And then we um, have this fire pit that you can add grapes to and then cook on it. 
So I go inside to get the food and um, come back out. And as I reach in to put the food on the grates, I feel the lighter fluid, my husband's squirting lighter fluid at the same time that I'm reaching in. And um, it was terrifying. It was just like looking down at the arm and then um, just the fire took it. And this long hair had hung down and caught a lot of it, you know, and um, I was on fire just that quickly, fully, fully engulfed in fire uh, on the other body. And so I ran, which you shouldn't, but, you know, I was very, very shocked. And so I ran and I... Uh, finally thought, well, not finally, I only made it to my driveway, not that far from the backyard to the driveway. And I thought, no, you should stop, drop and roll. So I did that and I fell down and I rolled and rolled and it didn't work. I didn't know why. Now I know that it is because if you have accelerant on you, then it does not work. Um, but I didn't know at the time. I thought it was because I was on concrete. I don't think that helped either. I still don't think that the concrete helped. So I rolled and rolled and um, I wasn't going out. So I rolled and I landed on my stomach and I thought, well, you know, this is how I died. And I started to say the Lord's Prayer. And about halfway through the Lord's Prayer, I thought, wait, is it right? Is this right? And so I asked God directly, you know, just talking out loud, apparently. I said, God, is this really how I'm supposed to, to, to die? Um, laying on my driveway, burning alive, because that's what I was doing. I wasn't dying. Uh, the pain had gone away. I could feel the heat, but there was no pain. And, you know, I mean, it, it, you would assume, you know, just knowing what you know and feeling what you feel, that you're burning alive. And that's what I said. And it was the first time I ever got an immediate answer from God, because Apparently, I was talking out loud, and I heard my husband say, I've got you, baby. I've got you. And he was putting me out with his jacket. Um, I couldn't feel it. All my nerves had, you know, my skin was gone on my back and my chest, and I couldn't feel what was happening. But he was putting me out, and he was burning himself up to his elbows at the same time. And he got me out, he got me put out, and I jumped up. And after I jumped up, I um, ran in the house for some reason. I had enough energy and adrenaline to run inside. And I looked in a mirror that we have at our back door. Um, I looked at my face. And um, 
I thought it was okay. It was red. It was hot. I thought it was okay. I did not know that, you know, it takes a couple of, a day or two for the skin to blister and go to chronic and, and things like that. So, um, um, Hey, Jamie, I'm doing great. Uh, but, um, you know, I thought that, you know, my face was okay, but it wasn't. But I, I didn't know that immediately. You know, I, I had that knowledge and I went back outside and we waited for the ambulance to come. And I noticed that while I was looking at my husband's face, it was a look I'd never seen before. It was like terror. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand it. And um, then the paramedics got there, uh, got here and, and it was paramedics and um, two fire trucks, two ambulances and a policeman. And they were here probably within three minutes. And the guys came, we have a steep driveway. They walked up and they had the same look on their face as my husband. So I don't realize that I'm standing there with my skin hanging off and my clothes burned off. And, you know, I'm, I'm a wreck. I didn't see that when I looked in the mirror. I, I don't even realize that I'm standing there that way. And I'm talking to them, telling them what happened. And then a paramedic says, um, you know, let's, we, we got to go. And I say, okay. And I kiss my husband goodbye, tell him to get the kids. And I don't realize that he has to go in the other ambulance because of his arms. But he, um, you know, the paramedic walked me down. We got in and um, I laid down and I asked him, because he was working very frantically, I asked him if he thought I was going to die. And he said no. And then I asked him if he would have tell me that even if he thought I was going to die. And he said yes. And I said okay. And then he said the last two words that I consciously heard for two months and they were push fentanyl. Everything went dark. I think I awakened once while they were putting my, um, putting in a breathing tube um, because the first hospital I went to was not equipped to handle burns like mine. So uh, we, in Atlanta, we have uh, Grady Memorial Hospital, which is a level one trauma center, and they are amazing. So they took me there. They all, and they have a really great third unit as well. And I was taken there, and I was placed into a medical coma and given a tracheotomy. And there I was for two months. For two months, they scraped my skin off and replaced it with skin grabs from donor sites on my legs and back and bottom and things. And, um, it, you know, they 
they just did amazing things over those eight weeks. But I will tell you what, for other survivors out there that have gone through this without being in a coma, that amazes me because the pain was so severe that I had this recurring nightmare. I can remember all the nightmares that I had, but there was one that came every day. And it was that someone was trying to hurt my chest. And um, it would just come, I would be dressed in my best paralegal outfit because that's what I used to do many, many years ago. I was a real estate paralegal and I was dressed up, but I knew they were coming to hurt me in my dream. And I would walk down this dark staircase. And um, when I got to the bottom, I would crouch down and cover my head and hide there because I could actually feel the pain of the debridement, which is the scraping, I could actually feel that pain through a medically induced coma with fentanyl and pyrolytics and everything. I could still feel it. So I didn't know that until later. I didn't know what it was because my husband kept a diary for me while I was asleep. And when I read it later, I realized what those nightmares were. You know, why was I always running from the pain on my chest? And, you know, if you're on the visual, uh, you can see, you know, you all know that my chest was very badly burned and, and replaced. Um, all of me was replaced all, uh, during those eight weeks. My entire face, there is nothing left in my face except my bottom lip. Um, that is actually my face. Everything was reconstructed with skin grafts. And um, my and back and both arms are, are skin grafts. But if you look at it, you know, my arms and chest, you know, they heal differently, but my face, you know, it's somehow, I feel like that's just, you know, look at God or I don't know what that is. I, I, there's great surgeons at Grady, Dr. Ingram and Dr. Metal. They're amazing. Um, but somehow I came out okay, but I didn't think I was okay at first. You know, I'm, when I woke up after two months, they allowed me to come out of the coma. And I woke up and my husband was kissing my face and saying, you did it, baby, you did it. I'm so sorry. You did it, you made it, you did it. I had no idea what we were talking about. I had no idea where I was. Um, I had been living another life in those dreams in my mind. I didn't understand it, but it was like a whole different life. I think they're called morphine dreams, but you know, it's, it's very real to you when you're in it. And just for people who are wondering, I don't remember hearing anyone saying anything in particular consciously, but my family says that I did respond to some things that they said to me. So keep that in mind when you're with your loved ones, if they're in the same situation, that they, they, they are hearing you somehow or maybe. But, you know, my, my husband was kissing me and saying, you know, you made it. What a, you know, I'm so proud of you. And my daughter came and she hugged me and I remember it hurt. <laughs> but um, she said, uh, I love you. 
Um, you're the strongest person I know. And then a little bit later is when she told me she had changed her major from veterinary to nursing because of having been there and seeing what those amazing doctors and nurses had done for me. So keep that in mind. That's one good thing that has come from the Burns already, right? That's one good thing. I mean, it's great to be a veterinarian too, but her calling came to her. You know, she loves animals and she can still deal with them, but her calling of helping other people that were in a situation like me came to her. And then we moved on to my son. He had been um, going through some things and he really saw the importance of life too. And it really turned his life around. And then my marriage, um, really it, it was better. My husband, you know, he stayed with me every moment that I was in the uh, hospital. He left just on a couple occasions, maybe to come home, get, get some clean clothes and bring them back. And otherwise he stayed with me, literally slept there. Um, knew more than than some of the doctors knew as they came in, you know, he was keeping up with everything. And I think she's in pain. I think she needs this. It was, it was, it was good. Um, it made us stronger spending that time together. Um, made us unbreakable, I think, it, out of a really bad situation. Um, so, you know, I'm awake now and I'm in pain and I'm in the hospital and I'm terrified of everything. You know, when they come to give me a bath every day in the bed, I'm terrified. I fight, I kick, you know, I just, everything hurts. Everything hurts. I can't move myself in the bed. I can't roll over. I've got bed sores. Um, donor sites hurt more than skin grafts do or burns do. And I think y'all know that, you know, and I had them all over my legs and back and it was just not good at first. But, you know, my head started to come together. You, you've had too much medicine for a long time. And my head started to come together because I was still having those morphine dreams. I would hallucinate. And for about three weeks, I saw what I thought was, um, and don't you laugh, what I thought was like the grim reaper or the devil or demon just watching me in the corner of the room. I could see this shape and it was so real to me and I was afraid to say anything. Even to my husband, I was, I was terrified. I wouldn't sleep. <laughs> it was just terrible. And, and those again are the, the morphine dreams. Uh, I even, I had so much more bizarre dreams than that, that I really thought were real. Um, so you may go through that with, if you're with a loved one, or if you're going through this yourself, um, or if you've been through it. But, you know, I stayed for a few weeks, and then it was, it was about a month that I stayed awake. And then they said, you know, it's time, we need to send you to more intensive uh, rehabilitation to learn to walk again. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't walk. I really couldn't do much of anything. My, my arms couldn't touch my head like this. My arm would get to about right here. So I couldn't 
you know, do anything. And um, they sent me to a rehab facility and they helped me learn to walk in only about three weeks. But unfortunately, I got a terrible scalp infection while I was there. It was fungal and MRSA and strep. And I got this terrible infection while I was there. And unfortunately, they were not accustomed to working with burn survivors. They were more accustomed to working with traumatic brain injuries. And I think that when I complained, they thought I just didn't want to do my therapy because it's painful, right? But no, you know, I did. I had a fever. I was sick. I didn't want to get out of bed. They gave me Tylenol, (laughs) y'all. So needless to say, I um, went septic. And it was, again, I was saved by just what I consider like an angel coming. Um, I was supposed to go to Grady that day, Grady Hospital, for a swallow test to see if I could start eating and drinking again yet. Um, because to date, I'm being, feed, being fed through a tube. You know, everything, medicine, water, food is all through a tube. And... Um, just so happens the EMT that was supposed to drive me that day saw kind of the ruckus that was going on in my room that morning with the nurse where I wasn't feeling good. You know, I didn't have energy. I'm just, I'm I'm complaining. I'm sick. I don't want to go. Well, they send the charge nurse in who tells me to, this is not at Grady either. This is somewhere else. Um, who tells me, you know, tell him that you're ready to go. You want to go on up to the hospital and take your swallow test because you only have one more week here. So I tell the guy, I'm okay. Yeah, let's take me. Well, this young gentleman, this young EMT, um, I've not been able to find him and I can't remember his name, but he and his partner, they said, okay. And they put me on the gurney and they carried me out. And once they got me to the back of the ambulance, they started working, working, working. And um, saying, you know, my pulse ox was in the 80s, so I wasn't getting oxygen. I was sick. I was dying again. And so they start driving and I say, well, am I going to um, my swallow test? Am I going to make it on time? Can you call them? Let them know I'm late. And he said, no, ma'am, you're going to the emergency room. If that saved my life again, y'all. So I went back to Grady Hospital where they are amazing and stayed on the infectious disease unit for a few weeks. And then I eventually got to come home. And home is almost a whole different podcast. I, I think it will be because that was so scary when it was finally when they finally said it's time to go, it was so scary. And, you know, there were so many things that I didn't feel like I was prepared for. Um, I had gone to sleep in December and awakened in February. And I didn't look in the mirror until um, April or late March, somewhere in there because I was so afraid of what I would see. And it was so bad. You know, they say it's the anticipation that kills you. It won't be as bad as you think. It was a hundred times worse. What I saw when I looked in that mirror, my mouth wouldn't close at the time. My teeth did, but my bottom lip was down here. So it was constantly open. It was unclosable. Um, Obviously, I don't have nostrils. Uh, 
which I've started to get used to, you know, when I take pictures, I can hold my head down. Uh, my eyelids are made of my tummy and they were very poofy at the time because they had fat in them that, you know, obviously eventually wore away or, you know, I'd burn the fat, you know, keep fat on the eyelids. So I have little pockets of it, but they legitimately look like eyelids now. And it's also amazing what they did for me there. You know, just first of all, keeping me alive. Um, because I saw, you know, I saw the doctor that was there the night in the ER, the night that I came in. And I saw him months later when I was had gone back for an outpatient surgery. And he just said, uh, Ms. Weisenbach, I didn't think I'd be seeing you again. So there's a lot more to my story about the burns, but what I want to get to before we run out of time, and I will continue this narrative each week as I go, but what I want to get to is what changed. Because when I first came home, I was terrified. And for two and a half years, I just stayed in the house. Um, I only left to go to doctor's appointments. I did not want to be seen. I did not want to be judged. Even when I went to the hospital, um, you know, it, little kids would stare, people would stare. It was that bad, you know? Um, it was truly that bad. And I had been at home and I had Miriam, who you all know. If you if you followed me at all, you know Miriam. She's amazing. Um, and one day she told me, you know, you need to look in the mirror. Things have changed. And that was after about two and a half years. And this was last year, 2020, 2021, when she told me this. And it was May, just like it is right now. And I looked in the mirror. And I kept looking until I could see that I'm still in here. You know, that if I smile, I still look a little bit like me from before. And that, you know, when I look a certain way, I still look a little bit like me from before. And that's because I am me. You can't take me away. You can't lose yourself because of your skin. But I didn't know. So that's when I became really interested in letting my Facebook friends know where I'd been because I never did see much on Facebook, but I would always, you know, engage, you know, like, comment, haha. I, I loved to read Facebook at the time. Um, I didn't know anything about anything but Facebook because I'm a little bit older. I'm 49. <laughs> so, you know, I uh, wanted my friends to know. And so I made a post and told everyone what happened. And of course, there's a million questions. So I said, you know what? I'll make a video tomorrow or maybe in a couple of days and I'll explain it to you all. And so I'd seen on TV because I'm watching like, you know, stuff on TV all the time where people have these ring lights. I didn't even know what, what lighting was, but I thought I better get a ring light if I'm going to make a video. So I got a ring light and I tell you, the moment I put my phone in that light and turned it on and saw my face, it was like, oh, you know, it was like, 
you don't have to be perfect to be beautiful. It was just the way the light was shining and something just happened. I don't know. It was a moment that I haven't forgotten. And uh, then just making the video and knowing that it helped people, it wasn't my intention. I mean, I didn't even know it would reach out that way. Let me say, it would always be my intention to help other survivors, but um, it wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't making a video for that at the time. I just wanted to tell my thousand Facebook friends where I was and, you know, kind of ease back into life. And when you know it, it turned out to be something good. And so I became encouraged. It was like, what if I can help other burn survivors? The way that made me feel inside to have someone say, you know, I was looking, uh, you know, and I found your video looking, you know, for, uh, for burn survivors or whatever on YouTube. And, and it helped me. I saw what you said and it helped me. And that was May 24th, 2021. And here we are almost a year later. And I'm speaking alone again. And I'll tell you what's changed in between. You know, that feeling that I got from helping people gave me nothing but burned ambition. I will tell you that. I thought I can start a charity. I can make sure that people don't have to hide inside for two and a half years. And when I say that, it might take you two and a half years anyway. It takes as long as it takes for you to overcome, for you to adjust, for you to decide what you know you want to do next. That's the biggest question. And that's what I've been, um, really thinking about a lot lately um, when I talk to new people that I meet that are survivors. You know, I talk to a lot of people and like I said, now I'm a growth coach and I don't, you know, I haven't done sessions, but when I speak to them, I'm thinking, you know, you're, what's next? What's next? And that's what everyone always wants to know for themselves. That's what I wanted to know. How can I be a realtor again if I've lost my face? You know, I need to present a certain image. Well, you know what? I bet I could be a realtor right now if I wanted to and sell more than anybody. Because it's not about what's on the outside that I thought it was. And I didn't think life was about that, but I thought being a realtor was about that or being successful was about that. And then I found that true success came in the form of being able to help someone when they're wondering, how do I get my confidence back? That's my number one tip to you to get your confidence back is to help another survivor. You will feel so good about yourself and you will realize that something good just came out of something that was bad for you. Just like my daughter saying I changed my major, just like my marriage being even closer 
my husband staying with me every minute, my son's life straightening up. And then I'm happier than I was before I got burned. I grappled with depression and anxiety long before I was burned and I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and something about the gratitude that I feel after, you know, God answered me, you know, is this really how I'm supposed to die? No, I've got you, baby. I've got you. That gratitude that I feel, I feel it every day. And every day I want to do something to help another. And it's not just burn survivors. I mean, burn survivors is where I live. But if you've ever contacted me, you know that you don't have to be a burn survivor to talk to me and for me to help to the best of my ability. I'm not to my own horn, but I will tell you what works for me. And so what worked for me, number one, if it's confidence, was that point where I had to look in the mirror until I could see me. Me. I assure you my face does not look like it did before the burns. I think it looks better. I truly do because it has a lot of happiness in it. Sometimes we think that, you know, a tra that a tragedy is going to end us, but we don't have to let it. We don't. And you know, maybe you do need to spend two and a half years in your house. You do whatever you need to do. You do your self-care. But know that you can still do anything you want. You know, after that first video, I found that I was really interested in, you know, I always love makeup and I would do different makeup looks and um, wigs and post my um um, post my picture. Um, I never use um, I never use um, filters. I just use light. Like I've got way too much light on me right now. <laughs> They're watching, but um, you know, it was it was just taking pictures, putting on wigs, and then posting my thought for the day, right? And it was helping people. I don't know how. I don't know how. I mean, I still don't know. I didn't think it was that big, but it was helping people. And it was, it still gets people to come to me and, you know, ask, how can I find my confidence? And I want to work in that. Um, and I, I want to work um, with that because there's so many, like when we think about our youngsters and our teenagers, and I remember being a teenage girl and even a 20 something girl, wait, a 30 something girl, <laughs> not having any confidence. So I want to speak to that. I want to, I want to be able to help people with that. 
And that's what I'm doing. You know, I've got my growth coach certification. I've got this podcast that I want to make it be something. I want it to be a library of things, you know, where people can come and listen and not just to me, but, you know, I've uh, the guests that I have and find strength in their story. You know, I, I want um, people who are looking for makeup tips on YouTube to find me. I'm working really hard on my charity to get that up and going so that I can offer both financial assistance and um, emotional support or just coaching to, to help people find out what's next. That's burned ambition. Just saying all that made me tired before. I don't know how I have been given the ability to do this because my body physically is very tired and yours may be too. But my determination is um, solid and it's solid because it's not about me. It's just like when you're raising your kids and everything is about them. You'll, you'll do anything, you'll get through anything. That's, that's the way I feel about this, you know? And I'm really so glad that I was able to do this tonight because um, I tried everything, you know? I, I had wonderful guests that you all saw. If you didn't, you need to go back and watch. But um, some of you may be, if you're dealing with that anger and depression like I was, you know, I'm not a therapist, please know, but one of my biggest issues is that I'm a people pleaser. So, I, you know, trying to do the podcast, I'm like, well, everybody wants to see me do my makeup, so let me do that. Well, I had to get that up because these stories are amazing. You know, I can't put them, I mean, I can put it on, but listen to what they're saying. It's so amazing. And I'm hoping that people will hear their stories and hear my story and draw strength from it. And I always want everyone out there to know that you can direct message me when you need to. Um, I kind of live on Instagram, but I'm, I'm definitely on Facebook just as much. And um, you can always DM me and it might take me a minute I have a lot of Instagram followers, but I will always answer you. And I hope that if you're a survivor of any type, and most of us are, we've survived something. It might not be a fire or a big accident, but as you go through life, you are overcoming things as you go. And most of us don't give ourselves credit for those things, the small things. Um, or not, they're not small, but we consider them small. Um, I've overcome bullying. I've overcome infidelity. I've overcome adult, whatever you've overcome, uh, domestic violence. I've overcome this. You have to give yourself credit for those things because I promise you that that strength later is going to help you get through something bigger if you need to. You have to draw on that. You have to draw on that knowledge. And I'm telling you what, when you're surviving every day, give yourself credit. I got on and I did a, 
uh, a live stream today that I was scared to do. I'm going to give myself credit. You know, you have done whatever you've done today. Give yourself credit. And that is my number one piece of advice for getting your confidence back. Um, or the, together, give yourself credit for the things you've overcome. And if it's about physical beauty and you've lost your face like I have, um, look in the mirror until you see you. It's in your eyes. It's in here. But if you look long enough, you'll see it. And then who knows what might happen for you. You know, my husband told me a few months ago that he thinks I'm more beautiful now than I was before. Am I crazy? So if any of you are on Facebook and you have questions, you can um, message me. Um, and I'll answer them. I've got about 19 more minutes. And um, I'm going to start talking about resilience and transformation for a moment. But feel free to send questions or comments or whatever if you, if you, if you have any. Um, I find that after the tragedy, is where I want to live right now. I definitely tell my story so that you all understand where I come from and how this came to be. But every day anymore, I try to focus on, on that what's next. And in order to do that, you have to be resilient. Um, you have to be able to accept that, you know, like I said, I think I'm beautiful. Do I look like I did when I was 20? No. Does anyone? No. So you find your resilience in that I'm okay. I'm, I'm different now, but I'm okay. That's not going to stop me from walking in my purpose. And your purpose can be anything. It doesn't have to be helping other survivors. It, it can be volunteering. It can be starting a business. It can be getting a real estate license. It can be going back to school. Whatever it is, you can do these things as long as you find your resilience. And as long, and as, long as you understand after those, after the time it takes you to recover, that you have to do something. It can't be that way forever, you know, whether it's two and a half years or five years, it can't just be that way forever. So be resilient. And then transformation. If you notice, I've been doing a lot lately. I've been kind of obsessed with the before pictures and the after picture because of transformation. You know, this is what I thought I was going to be forever. And this is kind of simply about just looks. This is where I thought I was going to be. And I was still smiling. And this is where I am. And I'm still smiling. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't think I look sad in the pictures before I figured out the makeup and hair and things. I wasn't sad. I was delighted because um, 
so many people were there for me. And, you know, like, just some of the things that you go through as a burn survivor are, they are terrible. I don't, I don't think there's any other way to say it. When you have bed sores and you're just hurting so much, um, you know, it's just, um, there's no good way to describe it. But I, I understand now that we can do hard things. I've been saying that a lot lately. It's not easy to recover. There is grief involved at the loss of who you previously were. There was grief involved for me. Um, when I came home, I could not, I couldn't get up out of bed by myself. I couldn't walk the stairs by myself. I couldn't eat still when I came home. People were having food and I had ice chips that I really wasn't supposed to have, but I had convinced the hospital to give them to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, please give me ice chips or I'll just can't make it. Um, you know, so it's just, um, it was so hard when I got home and it was so scary. You know, it's like, well, it hasn't ended. You think when you get home, it's ended. Yay, I'm out of the hospital. But it has just begun, my friend, because you now have to learn to get yourself back into the world. And that just really takes some reflection. If you are recovering and you're watching me or you watch this recorded version later um, uh, and you're in recovery right now, know that you can't give up. There's no giving up. You fought too hard to live to give up now. So you must find a way to survive. And when you find a way to survive, you must find a way to thrive. I think that's what's necessary in order to find happiness. You know, I, I came home and, um, you know, couldn't get up and down the stairs. Sorry, praise God. I couldn't get up and down the stairs. And I will tell you, this is the last story I'll tell for this evening. But, you know, after I got out of the hospital, I was going back every four to six weeks and having surgeries, mostly on my face to try to close my mouth. And then my eyes needed work and, you know, just a lot, a lot of contractures in my chest. And I was having all these surgeries until one day in March of 2020, when I got a call from my surgeon that said all surgeries are canceled because of COVID that I had just heard of. Those surgeries were my lifeline. They were how I was going to get fixed in my mind. These surgeries I was on, I must keep getting the surgeries. I was My body was exhausted, starting to break down because I was pushing so hard to get these surgeries just as quick as I could and try to put my face back together. 
and um, then to hear that. So when my um, surgeries ended in March of 2020, my face was not nearly done. And I haven't had another surgery on my face since, except to straighten my eyes, but nothing on the skin itself since March of 2020. The surgeons didn't get an opportunity to touch it again, but it healed. God healed it or the universe or karma or whatever you want to call it. A power greater than myself healed my face because I have shown you all the pictures and there are some very hardcore ones. <laughs> and that's where I was around the time that my surgeries were canceled. And, and then two and a half years later, there's Miriam saying to me, you, you've got to look and see the difference. I didn't think there was a difference. Nothing had been done to my face, but it had. My face has joy in it now and it has purpose. And I intend to continue working as much as I can. I thank I mean, all of you that are watching, just um, by the way, I really was so scared yesterday when I made the video. I wanted to announce that I was doing this tonight and I was so scared, but um, I'm not camera shy. <laughs> so as soon as I sat down and started talking, the nerves went away, but a big part of them going away was that I had said a little prayer and then it immediately came to me that it was May of 2021 when I made my first video and became Burned Beauty 2018. And Burned Beauty is a, a blessing to me. And every day that I help one of you, I heal a little bit more myself. So I'm going to start wrapping this up because I want to talk about, um, you know, I definitely, if you're on my YouTube, I definitely took the makeup away because we can't do makeup and have these serious conversations. So I'll make plenty of things for you. And if you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to break this up into subjects every week, just so we can maybe create that library of information for new survivors because we're, we're, you know, we're in a time where, where do people go when they need to know something? The internet. So I want to help create that library. I want everyone who follows me to know that you uplift me every day. When I call you sis, it's because you're my sis. And When I talk to you and, and express an emotion, I, I mean it. I am thankful to be here alive. And that is just a small portion of my story this week. We'll hear more in the following weeks and we'll discuss any topics. Does anyone have any questions before I go?
And uh, if you're looking for the podcast, I'll be putting that up as soon as this live ends. It will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you listen to music, Amazon Music, every, everywhere you listen, it will be. And if you guys want to help me out, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, subscribe, like, comment. And my goal is just to be more attainable, easier to find for people who need the encouragement and for people who need to see the transformation that can happen in your life um, that will happen with time in your life. So I thank you all so much. And um, I love every one of you that watched. I'm, I'm so glad I did this. We're going to turn this into um, a definite, definite thing that helps people. So thank you for joining me. And if you look forward to hearing um, more in my story, there is a lot more. Next week, I'll be sticking to just a specific portion of my story. Um, if you'd like to hear more, please do tune in next week at 7 p.m. Until then, I love you so much. And always remember that this too shall pass. Thank you for joining me tonight.